Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. What is up, RPG Nation? Corey here. Happy to be back in the saddle for some more RPG podcast. Been out of town for a little bit, doing some camping, enjoying that great outdoors, and obviously wasn't really able to catch a lot of preseason week one with my travels, but maybe that's for the best. Don't want to get too caught up in all the preseason overhype. But I am happy to be back just in time for preseason week two to kick off with real actual football right around the corner. And, you know, with all this, it sort of coincides with a pretty significant landmark for the fantasy football RPG podcast. Episode 50 is next episode, the big 5-0. And with episode 50 and... The 2023 NFL season about to kick off. We thought it was time for the RPG podcast to receive a little bit of an update. We've recently got hooked on StreamYard as a service to help record our audio and video and have decided that alongside that, we're going to be looking at a brand new series of shows More to be announced on that a little later, but me and Mike have something cooking up. Evan will be bringing back his helmet stickers, and we'll see if Eric can cook something up that is reasonable and entertaining. But I'm excited for it. We all are, and we are excited to just bring you guys more and more content, doing all we can to give you guys varying opinions on this great, beautiful game that we play called Fantasy Football. Because the more opinions you have, the more knowledge you have, the better you can play the game. But the biggest change that I'm sure you are all going to lament furiously is that I will no longer be doing these talking to you intros before the episode. I think that we are at a place where it's just not really necessary for me to give a prelude every time. So, you know, suffice to say, I won't be leading you in this delicately decadent little Spotify for podcasters advertisement. I'm happy to share that responsibility now with the whole cast. So I know you guys are going to miss it, but I think that what's to come is going to be just as enjoyable, if not more so. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to bring you the Spotify for podcasters advertisement. And thank you 
Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the podcast. On today's episode, I think it'll be Evan doing a lot of talking and Correct. us just kind of uh, asking him questions because we're going to do a little bit of a rookie preview for 2024. Uh, and Evan's sort of the resident expert, uh, in my opinion. I think he's uh, out of all of us on the RPG podcast. He probably has the the most in-depth knowledge on these guys, maybe besides Mike, who is also pretty good with the knowledge. But Evan definitely uh, goes pretty hard on it. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of good points to say, and then we will uh, probably have some good questions to ask. But let's sort of okay. bring it in here uh, to start the show off. We kind of go a little cold opening, but when we have guests on, uh, we like to start with you sort of telling the people where they can find you and, and what you're about. So our guest, Tracy Gilroy Norton, coming to us uh, from Gridiron Gals. Tracy, welcome in. Uh, can you, you tell us a little bit about your about your brand, about your your stuff you got going on? Well, I'm relatively new to the whole game, so I don't really have I have a, a like a Wix page up. It's Gridiron Gal, but there's not much on it, honestly, at the moment. I'm trying to create a bunch of content in the background to make sure that I kind of do it right. Um, my problem is that everything I do is this. I Whatever's on my mind, I don't filter it, unfortunately. So I just spit it out, whether it's on the page or in a podcast. So my thing is either like me or you don't. So the best place to find me right now is on Twitter. Um, you'll, you, you know, you'll find me either Gridiron Gal. I, actually, I change it. It's GG underscore ff bots for the battle of the sexes league or you'll see my name pop up um and my picture with des is my profile picture currently oh nice so uh <clears throat> so yeah that's the easiest place to grab me cool yeah uh awesome well looking forward to uh more stuff coming from your side of things uh i i see here written in the show notes that you also have some sort of uh, are you starting to write articles and stuff I am. I am going to be writing uh, to articles um, with uh, the, oh my God, <clears throat> my voice is going, the league writers. Um, so I'll be working alongside of like Aaron, uh, who I was lucky enough to hang out with this weekend. I met a bunch of them. Um, honestly, I met so many people that, that I didn't know who they were face-wise which was great because I walked up to everybody and just pretend like treated everybody like they were nobody. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to, to get my voice out there and start writing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an, an honor to be a girl in this business and, uh, and be taken seriously, you know, to be known for football, not to be known for anything else. Not that yeah. that takes away from anybody, but just, you know, I, I, I want to be one of the guys. I don't want to be treated any differently. I love the banter. I absolutely live for it. Um, so, so it's an honor yeah. to be yeah. taken seriously for what I love, you know? Very cool. Yeah. It was awesome that you were able to go to, uh, 
the expo. I, I was looking at some pictures and it seemed like a really, really great time. The uh, the boys and I will have to get out there eventually and, and check it out because it seems really cool. Um, but that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's good to have you on, like I said. And before we do get into some of the news that happened, get your take on on some of these signings uh, that some of these RBs that have finally found homes. Uh, you, you said the word banter, so might as well lead it off with that with a bit of a banter question. Um, Mike and I are very big dog people. I think Eric might also have some dogs in his family. I'm not sure about Evan, uh, but we're pretty much primarily dog people. And the question is, how many dogs is too many? And I think this question comes from Mike, who recently added to his uh, his dog family. Well, first of all, how many does Mike have? <laughs> we just adopted our third last week. Oh, Lord, that's nothing. <laughs> well, so in my opinion, the, there can never be enough dogs, but there has to be enough room for them all to comfortably be able to move around. And you have to be able to pay attention to all of them equally. If, if certain dogs have to be put in a room because they can't be with other ones, then to me, it, they're not getting enough attention. If everyone can be together, there's never enough dogs. <laughs> so it's not, that, a that question, it's not a question of how many dogs, it's a question of how much space exactly like if i had a farm i'd have ev every senior dog i'd have you know great danes i it would be endless yeah. and my, my wife and, and i have, have talked about the same money. thing yeah yep. right so uh, so that sounds like i mean do you you have some fluffy critters at home i do i have um I have a golden retriever. I have oh. a black mutt. I have two cats that are twins that uh, me and my daughter are the only ones that can tell them apart. And a guinea pig that I saved because she got brought back and they all banded against her, the other pigs, oh. and were fighting her. So I was like, I can't not. She was this big and now Poor she's baby. like this big. She's huge. So yeah. And I would have more, but I don't want to be the crazy animal lady either. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, when Mike told me he uh, adopted another dog, I was like, oh boy, you're, you're getting into the three dog territory because I recently, uh, I think in four months ago now, I got into the three dog territory and I'm like, I kind of know what it's like. And now Mike's there yeah, too. It's like and... kids, right? After yeah. you pass the number three, it doesn't really matter anymore. Slippery you know? slope. Because now you don't <laughs> yeah. have a hand for each one. So it's like, just keep adding on. And that's yeah. my opinion. I mean, kids, I stop it too. Animals are much easier. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like solid advice. Uh, well, speaking of dogs, uh, do we want to talk about a couple of dog running backs that found homes recently? Uh, I think that I want to hear Eric's opinion on this Dalvin Cook signing. Uh, goes to play with Eric's best friend, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Eric, thoughts on uh, Dalvin Cook? Oh, there we go. Aaron Rodgers jersey. There it is. There we go. Aaron Rodgers jersey. Nice, Tracy. Yeah. That's very, very good. I got it I the day after he signed, officially. Hell yeah. Very there we nice. go. I want to let you know that I have no ill will towards the Jets whatsoever, but I am a diehard Chicago Bears fan. And if oh, I could I'm put a Chiefs Aaron. Fan. Oh, okay. 
if I could push Aaron Rodgers off three separate cliffs on the same day, I would. And on <laughs> surprisingly, top of that, not the first person that said that to me this weekend. And my worst nightmare is that the Bears go to the Super Bowl and they play the Jets, and that Aaron Rodgers leads a minute drive in the fourth quarter to win the game and slowly walks up to the Bears fans and goes, I still own you, and then retires immediately, and then I will never watch football again. That's my worst I mean, game. I feel like that would be the absolute perfect ending to a season, and now I kind of hope it happens. I, rooting strongly against you. Well, um, luckily, Eric, I don't think you're do. ever going to have to. Uh, do. I, don't, I don't think you're ever going to have to see that actualized because um, Bears going to the Super Bowl. Could you even imagine? That's right. I, <laughs> the funny that's part fun. is that we're laughing about the Bears going to the Super Bowl and the Jets have one of the worst records yeah. ever. <laughs> well, they got a guy that's that's gone and won before now, so maybe that'll help things. But let's let's talk Dalvin Cook. I mean, Brees Hall, I guess, is the the impact, right? Do we? Eric, are you are you feeling still pretty good on on Brees Hall, or you feel like Dalvin Cook's going to eat a little bit there? So I don't actually hate this landing spot for Cook. I think there's a lot better of ones, but if I have a Dalvin Cook stock, I'm not panicking yet. I'm hoping what'll happen with Dalvin Cook is maybe they'll give Brees some time to kind of ease back in, and then you might have a first three to four weeks with Dalvin Cook where he has some big weeks, and then you can try to sell him off high. That would be my goal if I was a Dalvin Cook owner. But for the first half of the season, I actually like this spot for Cook. But I think as the season wears on, and if Brees returns back to Brees form, I think you'll see a little bit less and less of Cook being a prominent factor. So my best case scenario for Dalvin Cook, I think, would be that he has a really good first few weeks and you can sell high on him. And I think the only other way that he's going to be very, very relevant is if something happens with Brees that's a setback or he gets another injury, which I really hope doesn't happen. Well, yeah, I mean, with the Jets, you kind of always figure, I mean, it's what they've kind of always done these last couple of years is they do employ multiple backs. So I don't think anything really changes there, except, I mean, Mike, you can probably speak to this a little bit because I think there's a couple of these running backs that you're pretty familiar with on, on the Jets that are now pretty much DOA. Uh, do you want to do a quick, like, <laughs> 23 gun salute for uh, <laughs> for who has uh, pretty much <laughs> left the uh, the ship there? Yeah, let's let's just roll through the graveyard of Jets running backs that I was excited about. So there's Michael Carter, Done. there's Zonovan Bam Knight, Dust. and then my my draft sweetheart that I was so excited about. And then he got fourth round draft capital. I was like, ooh, maybe he's gonna be a thing. But he got fourth round draft capital to the Jets. Izzy, my Abana Kanda don't want none. Mm-hmm. God, it's just so sad to watch all of those guys who were talented and like could ha- if they have an opportunity to produce. They just, they're never going to get it again. So RIP to the homies. Yep. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that Dalvin Cook eclipses those guys for sure. Uh, and I'm with you, Eric. I don't think Brees Hall stocks are really affected by this. If you could go buy Brees Hall cheaply somehow uh, with, with this news, I would, I would advise that. Um, okay. Uh in general, though, I mean, I think we all agree, like, pretty good landing spot. A landing spot that we all were sort of aware was likely. Um, I don't know if you guys have any other. Oh, okay. Do you want to give that take? Why were you hoping against it? Well, only because there's so much potential talent on that team that I don't right. think we needed him. And I think it's unfortunate now that the, that all these guys that could have gone out and, like, killed it are just not going to, you know 
get the the chance that I feel like they deserved. I, we didn't. I don't think we needed him. I don't think he adds that much. I know that people are hating on that, but I, I kind of wish he hadn't landed there. Yeah. Okay. I, I respect that. Where uh, Where would you have preferred him? What, what was your number one spot for him? I don't like him, so really anywhere else was okay. fine with me. Anywhere else. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. Except Maybe the you... Lions or the Chiefs, but that wasn't going to happen anyway. So. Got you. Okay. Uh, well, then we can move on uh, to the other running back, uh, the big running back. Very, very big, uh, quite large, um, that got signed to the Patriots. Ezekiel Elliott finds a home. Uh, and yeah, are, yeah, do we care? I think the answer is pretty much a unanimous no. I would love for someone to raise their hand and tell me otherwise. But yeah, do we? I, I, I saw this as a question that uh, I think Eric wanted me to ask everyone on here. Uh, is Ezekiel Elliott worth a second round rookie pick in a trade no 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 cool uh <laughs> glad i asked great content uh, i mean i hope somebody <laughs> would take it because then i would know i right. could give them anything but no yeah if you are still like holding zeke if you drafted zeke i just uh might want to reevaluate your uh your strategies there because i think the writing was kind of on the wall that he is done uh in terms of fantasy relevancy you don't really want them on your team um so again not really much to talk about i guess we aren't going to really see the i mean take a snaps at center maybe eric do you think uh snaps at center where was that the worst or second worst play in nfl history both sides of the colts play they were it's pretty bad it was also zeke's like last snap as a cowboy which is pretty funny that was also very fun oh man but no if um I don't think there's any scenario I'm trading for Zeke. And if I have Zeke on my team, I think base best case scenario is on some bye weeks at a flex. I am praying that if he's on the end of my bench, maybe he gets me a semi-decent week and falls in for a touchdown somewhere. I think that's best case scenario for him this year. Yeah, I just don't know how you could ever start Zeke, like even as a flex guy, and feel good going into that week. That feels Especially very, very bad. Especially on the Patriots, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Again, we can, I think, move on there. Uh, whoa, you're pointing. See, I can't get these visual cues when my screen is so small. But I'm, and also, you guys aren't in like the same spots. I think that you think you are. So, like, Eric was just okay. I see Mike pointing at himself. So, Mike, you, you got any more to say about Ezekiel Elliott? Well, it wasn't supposed to go this long, but really it's just that Zeke is basically now the tight end of running backs that you're really hoping that he falls into the end zone. But, I mean, there was the stat line, Jerome Bettis had five rushes for one yard and three touchdowns. Like, that's the stat line you're hoping for for Ezekiel Elliott this year. He's not going to break the bank. He's not going to do anything exciting. He might trip into the end zone on a bad offense. You know, we saw, like, a, like kind of, I feel like he was a little bit older and a, a big boy RB uh, have some relevancy in Legarrette Blount, like back in the day. Do we think that Zeke could be a, a Legarrette Blount here? No. no one's saying anything, so I'm gonna also, guess that's a no. Isn't it Blount? I, I don't, I always get the O and U mixed up because that would make the ow sound like loud, right? But, anyway, but is it Blunt? I, think I thought it was, I thought it was Blunt, but I thought Corey would have the, you know. <laughs> I, I I just recognize how to use the English language correctly. 
Uh, oh, okay. And that would be that would be pronounced as blunt blount because I mean <laughs> O and U, right? I almost said yeah. blunt. You almost got me mixed up. I got uh, you. Okay. Well, I don't think we have anything else to talk about in terms of real uh out there news. Um, I put on here if we if anyone had any like preseason week one takeaways, we could kind of shout them out here. Uh I'm sure Mike has something because he watched every single game uh in its entirety and kept his eyes glued on the screen the whole time so mike you got anything you want to discuss i really tried to because i actually love the preseason and just trying to see like who's going to make rosters and what's going to turn into what but the big thing that i wanted to talk about is the snaps that we saw from each rookie quarterback in their debut in nfl action uh bryce young's offensive line left him out there to dry like that they were not doing him any favors so the stat line looked bad he looked confident and poised but he was not being elevated by the offense around him he, he almost looked too poised to. He almost looked a little robotic to me, yes. which I, I was a little worrying. Well, he doesn't have the elite athleticism to like scramble and make things happen outside of the pocket at the next level. So, I'm a little worried for his safety. Um, Anthony Richardson started, and his first play immediately. Anybody that didn't like Anthony Richardson was victory lapping. They're like, he threw with a weird RM angle. He missed his receiver. He threw an interception. That's the Anthony Richardson you saw on film. But then he followed it up by like looking more composed as the game went on. Absolutely like dropped the ball in the bucket to Alec Pierce deep. Pierce didn't come up with it, but it was a very catchable pass. So I think Richardson had a plus performance on the day. Bryce had, it wasn't his fault, but a negative performance. And then CJ Stroud just staring down receivers. He's used to having Jackson Smith and Jigba or Marvin Harrison Jr. or Amika Egbuka like wide open every play. He did not know how to read an NFL offense the correct way. And he can grow into that, but it just he wasn't working through his progressions quickly enough. And then Will Levis, if you care, threw an interception in the fourth quarter. But like Malik Willis also looked better than him. So that's a red flag and a half. Evan, do you have any other thoughts on the quarterback's debuts? Oh, Evan, I think you were muted, my friend. So Evan's dead, but did it? So Corey, did you watch any of the preseason games? Yeah, yeah, I, I watched a little bit. I was kind of uh, packing and and stuff, so I was a little distracted, but I did watch. Any major takeaways or just? Oh, Kurt Iron Gallery. Oh no, got, yeah, go go, go ahead. I just I just wanted to point one thing out because I need to say it, so anyone that was at the expo can hear it. I picked a kicker in the eighth round of my live draft in front of everyone stand by it to this day but i'm getting so much crap for it i just wanted to point out that it was tucker and he kicked the 60 yard perfectly might i add so i just want to stand by my pick even more that uh, that's my takeaway from the preseason that tucker was a wonderful pick and uh they can all just suck it Oh, yeah, T Tucker's the goat. I that's right. Yeah, I, I'm with it. Uh, I actually got. I just ripped open a, a football card pack. I got a nice Tucker uh, numbered card, so pretty happy about that. Um, but yeah, other takeaways in terms of the QBs, Mike. I mean, you, I think you said it pretty well. Um, Bryce looked robotic, made me a little scared for once. I mean, it's just an inevitability, right? When he takes a big hit, I, I'm. It's gonna be interesting to see how uh, how he had like kind of. Uh, whether or not he gets shaken up from that. Uh, Stroud 
looks pretty booty. Uh, talent around him isn't great, so remains to be seen if he can rise to the occasion and, and overcome that. Uh, and yeah, Anthony Richardson, the one thing I'll say about him, every drive he took, it felt like he did better. So that was encouraging for me as, as an AR uh, guy. I, I liked what I saw from him. But yeah, Tracy, you have something to add? I feel like Hall is like a, a Tua. He almost doesn't know how to fall properly. Like he doesn't know how to take a hit. Um, mm. I don't, I don't see him not getting hurt. I like, I, I feel like halfway through the season, he's going to be gone. Uh, just it it's, I mean, I want him to do well. I think he has great potential. I just don't feel like he's, uh, he, he's going to last for as long as we all hope because he's going to take the hit, just one hit, one good hit. And he's, he's gone for the season. Yeah. I, I, you know, it kind of sounds gross, but in theory, this is why I've been picking up like Andy Dalton and, and Matt Corral for free because you really don't know if Bryce is going to last the whole season. Uh, and it happens. QB injuries do happen. Uh, anything else, Eric? You, you have something to add before we move on? I do. Um, for people who took these, um, these quarterbacks in Dynasty, um, I don't maybe people did i personally i didn't think any of these guys would come flying out of the gate as like pro bowlers these great quarterbacks i don't think this is the kind of class that was going to be like that i think all of these guys have potential though and i would caution against owners panic selling this year on a lot of these guys that even if they have rough years um that this is you want to hold them and we want to let them grow a little bit whoa 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 did you sorry eric i just want to clarify did you just say that Anthony Richardson has potential. I never said the guy didn't have potential. I just think he's booty. Oh, cheap. okay. I think that's sort of all right. All right. I mean, you, I guess you could think he has potential. And never also argue cheap, but I just don't think he can throw a football well. See, you keep saying you keep saying things that make me think you don't think he has potential. <laughs> uh, but we can move on. Uh, AR is going to melt faces. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I mean, other than that. The big, the big one that I saw going around was: Do do we all agree Tank Dell, wide receiver one in Dynasty Fantasy? Like you, you taking him at the top of the draft, obviously, because Tank Dell just melted faces in that in that first yeah. game of preseason. I mean, he if he had caught it the first time, no one would care, but because he dropped it and then caught yeah. it off the rebound, all of a sudden he's Justin Jefferson plus to get Tank. Yeah, but <laughs> God. okay. Well, joking aside, uh, I still think you know we see these preseason darlings every year. I'm still not. <laughs> I don't know if you could really take away that take Dell is going to be much of anything after that one game, but um, we can move forward here into our, our little main segment uh, where we are going to do a very early, I would say, but maybe some others don't agree. Uh, rookie preview for the 2024 class. Uh, I've been looking around to just kind of do research myself of, of people podcasts that, are doing this now or or have done this recently and there's not much out there so i feel like we're almost sort of paving the way for uh talking about these guys and luckily we do have in the house evan who i'm hoping his microphone is currently working so that he can lead us through this <laughs> but uh remains to be seen or heard rather oh we cannot hear you still oh this is gonna get dicey oh, guys man. Who is gonna ready to hear? Dicey. I took, I took one sentence of notes on each player that I, I love put it. on the list. 
I love it. Uh, I, I did some research too. I, I've got some things to say about some of these guys. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if we're going, uh, Evan's leaving and coming back, but we'll, uh, I think we can at least move into the QBs, right? Mike, you should feel pretty confident on these QBs, right? I think we can either do the QBs or we can do the top at each position because there's a couple of clear cut, like your 101 yeah. through 104 is probably already decided. We so. could talk 20 minutes about Brock Bowers if anyone wants to do that. I'm game for that. I mean, Eric, does Brock Bowers move you in just an emotional reaction or is it more spiritual? I think it's uh, spiritual and physical. I think I transcend yeah. another plane with Brock Bowers personally. Um, he makes me feel things. He does. He made me feel again for the first time in years. Yes. It oh, worked. there we go. There we oh, go. Okay. Yes. I was about to say, there it literally is. just worked before I was testing it. That's why I had to Honestly. jump out. I apologize We got you back. Uh, okay. You've saved us. We were about to get into a 30-minute discussion just about Brock Bowers. Oh, that's, that <laughs> sounds awful. I don't know. I, I would argue against it sounding awful. But All right. uh, All right. <laughs> how do you want to so, take us through this, Evan? Do you want to just yeah. go uh, from the very well, tippy top and go through it? Well, we'll just go down the list here. Uh, start on quarterbacks. I'll go through the quarterbacks here. Uh, give my two cents on them. And then if anybody has a quarterback that they feel really strongly about, make your case. Um, otherwise, we're going to assume that those are the ones to, to go with. And we'll go through and do that for each position. Um, honestly, I frankly didn't prepare a ton for the running backs because of the state of the running back position uh, in the NFL. And I can just kind of go off the cuff about most of them. Um, but well, I'll frankly, tell you right now. I mean, I I don't even blame you too much for that because my research into these running backs is it's a little dicey. Feels like uh, not I, not as I many guys. See, to be I don't excited see a Bijan. Yeah, I don't see a yeah. Bijan in this class. Like, I don't see a true legit RB one. So I agree. I know Mike. I, I know Mike slightly dif- disagrees with so, that. But it's not even. I mean, I I have one that I'm in love with that I'm going to talk about once we get into it. But it's we don't have a Bijan level prospect in this class, but I think we have like seven between Charbonnet to Bigsby range. Like we have a lot of guys that they can eat a backfield if they are in it, or they can be a solid handcuff if they have to be. I don't know if that we're gonna get a lot of guys that are like absolutely dominating the place that they go to, but if there's an opportunity, I think there's six or seven more than yeah. seven that can produce so yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad you said that because i don't even think there's a gibbs and it sounds like you agree that there, there's not a Bijan, there's not a gibbs in this class yep i think it's a class of a bunch of rb2s honestly yeah. uh, i think there's a take on it but we'll, i think there's we'll a sharpener with rocket we'll, boosters well we'll move into that uh that discussion rocket when we boosters. get to the running back hmm. situation here all right so, <laughs> so the the three quarterbacks uh that are on the show sheet here uh that i'm gonna make the case for are going to be Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Quinn Ewers. I know there's a couple other quarterbacks that have been discussed uh, in a lot of very early uh, 2024 mock drafts, um, but I'm going to go with Caleb Williams here. Positives, I like his care of the football. 8.4 touchdown to interse- interception ratio last year. He's very good and careful with the football. He makes throws to every level. He's mobile, but he's not technically a scrambler, so he uses his legs to be able to extend the plays. He uses his athletic ability to be able to evade pressure. Uh, Fortunately, sometimes that gets him in trouble, Uh, turns negative plays into positive plays. Uh, You can make the argument that he plays a little bit like Shady McCoy used to, where he might turn a play that could be a loss of 
three or four yards into a loss of 10 or 15. Uh, that does happen from time to time. Uh, and then I also really like the fact it, that his college offense is an RPO vertical offense, which seems to be the way that the NFL is moving, uh, which in my opinion sets him up for success and translation to the NFL uh, for a scheme caller in that. Uh, sometimes he gets lazy in short area passes, so that's a negative. Uh, he trusts his arm a little too much, in my opinion. He forces the ball into tight coverage windows uh, that he probably shouldn't be. And then, like I said, he relies on his athleticism a little too much, in my opinion. So then we're going to have Drake May as the next one. Uh, he's going to have prototypical size for a quarterback. Uh, he's a floor raiser, in my opinion. And when I think of that, I think of a guy that's a, a tractor pulling everybody behind him you know, doing the work, bringing everybody up along him. Uh, the team at UNC was not a great team. Uh, they had a very average offensive line. They had a very average receiving core. Uh, you look at that again with them losing, potentially losing uh, their top receiving asset. Uh, it could potentially be a pedestrian year. Uh, so there is a little concern for a Sam Howell effect uh, where he just doesn't quite look as good uh, his final season in college. But there's been many talks of him being a generational, uh, generational prospect. Uh, which is really good. Uh, once again, five-star high school prospect. Uh, with these quarterbacks, I like to look for the five-star guys uh, that actually produce at the college level and continue to produce, uh, continue to improve from their high school days. It's usually a pretty good indicator. Um, you do have some three, some twos, uh, but typically the five-star guys are the guys that are going to be your true difference makers uh, at the next level. Uh, he's one of the best deep balls in college football, in my opinion. He absolutely has a rocket, great arm strength. On the negative side, he holds the ball a little bit longer than he should. He tries to play hero ball, uh, which is definitely a little concerning uh, going to the NFL. So I definitely think that he needs to work on that and being able to take what defenses give him. Uh, he tries to push the ball downfield, and he sometimes plays with reckless abandonment for his body. Uh, because of his size, because of his frame, he holds up pretty well. And because of that, he takes some unnecessary hits uh, that he probably shouldn't, in my opinion. Uh, his pocket awareness also needs a little bit of work. Uh, from the backside, he doesn't have the feel, in my opinion, uh, for some of those pressures coming off the edge, uh, free blitzers, anything of that nature. He can see it when it's in front of him, uh, but when it's behind him, uh, he just lacks a little bit of that pocket awareness. Quinn Ewers uh, was the number one overall prospect in that class, <laughs> and uh, he was also the number one quarterback in that class. He was a generational prospect coming out of Texas. Uh, growing up, went to Ohio State, got out of his senior year, and uh, that very much got him ahead of the game, in my opinion, getting in a college system, even though he didn't play at Ohio State and transferred back to Texas, where he originally had his commitment. So I really like him coming back to Texas. He has the arm strength to be able to throw the ball um, to intermediate and short passes very, very well. I have a little bit of concern on his deep passes. I think he's a little bit more of an anticipatory thrower on his deep passes, uh, trying to lead uh, his guys downfield. Um, he gets lazy with his feet sometimes, which is a concern. Uh, and then the high win game uh, last year was definitely a game that you want to go back and watch um, because of the way that he plants, the way that he tries to drive the ball downfield. Uh, you can clearly see that the arm strength isn't elite uh, like the other two uh, that we're mentioning here. He has great football IQ. He takes what the defense gives him. Uh, which I really like, and he is a very good timing and an anticipatory thrower. All right, well, quick question. Would he still be on the list if he didn't have that beautiful golden bullet? I mean, yes. Okay, just had to make sure. It is glorious. I would, you know, I would understand if that propped him up a little bit in your eyes. Um, okay, 
Well, I it, seal, it sounds like seems like Eric has a has a comment here. I have two questions. One, is there a path that Drake May becomes the QB one after this college football season? Yeah, I mean, if he can put up the kind of numbers that he did last year, if he can raise that North Carolina team, which should once again have a pretty poor defense, so they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Uh, they're going to have to make plays. And that team is basically going to be put on Drake May's back. Uh, there was actually talks in the offseason of him transferring to Alabama, supposedly, and it's all hypothetical. Nothing's been truly confirmed on it. But supposedly he got offered $10 million uh, in an NIL deal to go play for Bama, and he turned them down. Um, so that tells me how much he really wants to be at UNC, uh, really wants to be with his team, uh, which also makes me think that he's a great teammate, which should translate well to the NFL. Awesome. So I'm going to cross off my list, not Mitch Trubisky. But anyway, so my other question is, and this is, I, I personally don't know a lot about yours, so this could be like a naive question, but I do know about the guy who's behind him. Is there a world where Texas gets off to a slow start and Sark starts feeling some pressure and Arch Manning gets in? Like, is there any world that that happens? The only world that that happens is when Quinn gets hurt, if Quinn gets hurt. That's about the only way that Arch would have a chance of getting on the field, in my opinion. Would that hurt his draft stock if that did happen? Uh, I mean, if he tore his ACL or if oh. it's like a major injury, if it's just like a broken finger and he's out for four to six weeks, then no. So what you're saying is there's no way he could play bad enough to have Arch Manning come in, even though they're probably paying him a bazillion dollars, and then he falls down draft boards. Like I mean, look, this feels no, like manifesting, no, Eric. You yeah, feel, no, it feels no, like you're really manifesting this. No, no way is too much of a stringent answer to be able to put for somebody that speaks like a lawyer but is not a lawyer here. Uh, so, no, I mean, I'm not going to say there's no way. There's always a potential for him to play just absolutely poorly. But based off of the historical data that we have and the historical tape that we have, there's nothing that tells me that he should play that bad. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like from all of that, that uh, you wouldn't say that Caleb Williams is as like sure of a thing as, you know, a Joe Burrow or like a, a Trevor Lawrence, right? No, I, I wouldn't put him in that category. Okay. It seems like uh, Mike has a question. I don't even know if it's a question. Uh, it's more that I have another guy that I'd really like to bring up. Oh, yeah. And Evan, Evan and I have talked about him before. I think he just like barely missed the cut. Uh, obviously, as you saw by the Texas jersey that I brought out, I'm a huge Quinn Ewers fan. I think that he has all of the talent in the world, and he takes what the defense gives him. So that's he has talent and he's smart, which that'll succeed in the NFL. What if I told you that there was a hyper-athletic – SEC quarterback with a giant cannon of an arm that plays in a system that's going to highlight his strikes. You're talking some Joe Milton? I mean, the, the NFL loves the SEC, and Joe Milton plays in a system that just made Hendon Hooker at 25 years old look good. That's the only reason Hooker was in front of him. I loved Hendon Hooker. I think that he's going to be a serviceable backup, but he also had a six-year head start on Joe Milton. Joe Milton is young talented has the measurables if he decides to come out in the next draft he could have a rocket up the draft boards like anthony richardson did but he's also going to have the college production to back it up because he plays in a quarterback friendly system so i think there's a very very real chance that joe milton is a top five draft pick next year there's also a very real chance that he is a 
31st overall draft pick because the team just takes a swing on him late in the first. But Evan, do you think that that's realistic or do you think I'm way off base? I think Joe Milton would have to do a whole heck of a lot this season in that Josh Heupel offense. Uh, a lot of people in the NFL circles, from what I've been hearing, are doubting the Josh Heupel offense and how well it'll translate to the NFL. Uh, so that's the first thing to remember. The second thing to remember is Joe Milton's first season in college was 2018. That's a long time ago. Uh, he started out at Michigan. He couldn't win the job at Michigan, which is why he had to transfer to Tennessee. He couldn't win the job from Hennon Hooker. So now you're talking a redshirt senior that is now finally the starting quarterback. Fair. I, uh, Mike, I think you were thinking of uh, Mighty Joe Young, the movie. And that's why you probably thought he was young. Yeah, for some reason I thought Joe Milton was younger. But as a redshirt senior, he still is going to pop off the page at the Combine and – I think that he's going to have the statistics production that some spreadsheet nerd might end up pushing for him to get drafted. When also the chance at the senior bowl that that'll also hype up his stock. That'll give another chance for scouts to be able to look at him. Uh, you look at guys that got drafted. A lot of times the senior bowl is a time where those draft stocks really start to dive, uh, drive themselves up. So that'll be another place for him to potentially be able to get some exposure. Yeah. I think that's enough on Milton. The only other name that even comes to mind is Michael Penix, but He's also 100 years old with eight ACL tears. So that's yeah, just a fun thing to say. I almost feel obligated as a UW fan to mention him, but I, I didn't want to because I just, I kind of see him as a little bit of like a Hendon Hooker esque quarterback. He's not super athletic. He has injured knees and he has really great talent around him, too. I mean, he has two probably first round wide receivers on his squad. Uh, so I didn't mention him. I love the guy, but. Uh, I don't think that he's going to sneak into like the first round of a fantasy draft. I am surprised to see J.J. McCarthy left off the list since he's the next coming of Patrick Mahomes, according to Harbaugh. <laughs> Evan, your thoughts? No, I, I hate Michigan quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with you. Uh, that was a fun quote that <laughs> exploded. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, besides that, anyone else have a QB to mention here? Uh, I, I refuse to mention Bo Nix because he's a duck. Uh, Got to keep that that Husky versus duck rivalry going. But anyone else you want to mention? Anyone? All right. Well, let's move along here. Uh, we have to get through the RBs, <laughs> unfortunately, before we can get to the wide receivers, which I think is really what you're you're looking forward to in this class. Uh, but yeah, let's let's do the RBs. Evan, I'm sure you can make this uh, make this one pretty quick because I don't know if there's a ton to talk about with all these guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll quickly run through this. Uh, I think there's a case for four of these guys to be considered the RB1 in this class. Uh, those four would be Raheem Sanders, a.k.a. Rocket Sanders. Uh, and why is he called Rocket Sanders? Uh, because he has great explosiveness, because he has that extra gear to be able to take it to the house on the second level. So he's from Arkansas. Uh, I still subscribe to the conspiracy theory that the Cowboys are going to draft him because he went to Arkansas and his name's Rocket. And that sounds perfectly like a Jerry Jones move. Go, I mean, an Eagles fan here. Like, what, what would be more Jerry Jones than something like that? Uh, he has prototypical size, so you're going to love that from an NFL standpoint. Uh, then you move on to Travion Henderson, uh, who a lot of people are forgetting about this year because he was injured last year uh, for a large chunk of it, and Mayan Williams took a lot of the carries. Uh, he's still going to be there, still going to be able to produce. Uh, Ohio State's going to get plenty of national coverage. Um, so we have that Donovan Edwards, uh, you're, someone's probably going to make the case for Blake Corum. Uh, 
uh, as well. Um, but I like Donovan Edwards more as an NFL prospect. Um, Trey Benson from Florida State. Uh, absolutely love Trey Benson from a st- statistical and analytical standpoint. Um, one of the best runners, in, in my opinion. Uh, you'll be able to see more of him with Florida State going back to being a, a top 15 team this year. Graylin Allen, uh, I mean, what is there to say? He was starting to dominate the the Big Ten as a 17-year-old, um, 17 going into 18-year-old as a true freshman with, with Wisconsin. Um, I love his size. You know, he used to play linebacker. Um, he was a big linebacker coming in. They thought at Wisconsin he was going to play linebacker, uh, which obviously linebacker and running back are pretty much the transitional positions. Uh, they're pretty interchangeable to be able to switch to the other side of the ball. Uh, linebackers typically going after the running backs, running backs typically trying to evade the linebackers. Uh, it's pretty interchangeable there. So I I, I've seen some of his, that, uh, his, his linebacker snaps too. I mean, dude could hit. Oh yeah. He came down with the yeah. hit stick. Yeah. Um, but he's got great short area quickness. Um, short area burst uh, for a guy his size long speed isn't there and um, which is a little concerning and I think he's going to be more of a bruiser at the NFL level uh, which leads me to think that he's not going to be around one not going to be around two probably not going to be around three guy uh, and then Will Shipley once again missing kind of the, the long speed there um, I like what Will Shipley does in the passing game I think that's going to make him versatile uh, I think that's going to make an NFL team take a chance on him and also Clemson gets plenty of national exposure yeah, I, I love Will Shipley. Uh, let's go to Mike first. I think I saw your hand first. Yeah, uh, Evan, you said that there were four guys that have a case for the RB1 in this class. Which four are those, and which one is your current RB1? Rocket Sanders uh, is my current RB1. Uh, so it's going to be Rocket Sanders, Travion Henderson, uh, Donovan Edwards, and Braylon Allen. Um, Braylon Allen, the only reason is because I think some NFL team may potentially take a shot on him as that Jerome Bettis type, you know, going to be able to lead, um, lead a team, be a bruiser, be the guy that they just hand the ball off consistently, give 350 touches to, and just run him into the ground in his rookie contract and just get everything they can out of him. I think that makes sense. Uh, my, like, real quick, I did a couple of full game previews on some of these guys. Some of them I watched the All-22 film. I tried to do as much on Braylon Allen as I could because every time I watch him, I just get a little more excited. He's currently my RB1 in the class for the people that are into that. Uh, my one-sentence quick note on him is a dump truck and a jitterbug had a baby. So I'm all in on Braylon Allen. He also he took snaps at quarterback in like a wildcat formation. I think he throws better than Tim Tebow does. Some very and, interesting genetics that you've given him. Well, he, he like Evan said, he doesn't really have that long speed. But when you talk about uh, he's yeah. on Bruce Feldman's freak list, which that just dropped from the athletic. I highly recommend if you're going to pay for the athletic, like that is the reason to pay for it. The freak list is my favorite thing to read every year. Uh, he ran a 10 yard split that was 0.01 seconds slower than DK Metcalf. So when you talk about like the freak athlete that Metcalf is and his explosion, Braylon Allen's doing that at 6'4", 250. Like, he can right. get up and move. He might not hit that same top speed, but he is an absolute hoss. Tracy, what you think? I'm just gonna throw my hand in the ring for uh, for my because the other guys. I don't know. I don't see them as being RB anything but two and three. The only one that I liked really was Edwards, and it's mainly because he can uh, he can take a hit. Like he he initiates a hit. He likes to to go yeah. after it. He doesn't stop. The guys that, you know, that they start, they grab the ball or whatever, they, they just do it halfway and you can see they give up like right at the end. 
he goes all the way every time and I respect it. And uh, I, I think if he can continue to actually, you know, do what he's doing and, and, and kind of hone in his talent a little bit more because he's a little all over the place that, um, that he could be potentially RB1 material, but. I had to make sure that I put it in because everyone else is, he's three and you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I really like Donovan Edwards um, from a patient standpoint. I think he really allows the play and the blocking to develop in front of him, uh, which is something I really appreciate about a young college running back. Uh, and he's able to kind of slow play it until he gets to the line of scrimmage. And then he absolutely puts his foot in the ground and just busts it up field, which I absolutely love as well. Um, I'm glad we're giving uh, Edwards some love here. Uh, I haven't really dug into these running backs too much, but I've watched every Michigan game being a Michigan fan. And I think the common fan who doesn't pay attention hears all about Corum and doesn't realize the NFL talent that Edwards is. When he took over, when Corum went out injured, he was a monster. And he single-handedly was one of the driving forces behind beating Ohio State in the horseshoe, which was awesome. Um, Mike kind of asked this question, so I'm going to try to word it in a way that's a little bit different. Um, I know you said Rocket Sanders, Evan, is your RB1. Is that because he's the most likely to succeed, or is he the highest ceiling guy? Like, who's your boom-bust highest ceiling player, or is Rocket Sanders the one you feel like is the most safe, regardless of landing spot? Yeah, so I think Rocket Sanders, in my opinion, has the best chance of these guys when I'm looking at him right now getting the highest draft, draft capital. Uh, I think he has the size speed that the NFL wants. I mean, we're talking about a guy over 220. Um, to be able to take the punishment of the NFL. He's carried the load for Arkansas. I mean, we've seen Arkansas be a very mid-team uh, over these past years. He's absolutely been the bell cow for them. Uh, so I think NFL teams are going to have plenty to go off of, uh, and I think they're going to love his speed. He's got that extra gear to be able to run away from defenders at that size. He initiates punishment when he needs to, and he gets out of bounds when he doesn't need to take the hit. Very, very cool. So is he the one you would say that – is not only safe, but the one that if you're sitting there trying to figure out, I need to just go for a boom running back, one who could just totally take off. Is he the guy, or is there someone who you feel like, man, if everything is right, they could be the dude? If what everything goes, if everything goes right for Trey Benson, but I just, I have questions whether everything can go right for Trey Benson. But yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm. We, we got to move into the wide receivers here, but I'll just uh, leave it with. I'm glad that Play Corum was mentioned because I think he's a really fun player, but I think it's Donovan Edwards for sure with his ability to uh, take hits, like Tracy said. And Play uh, Corum is like not workhorse size and doesn't catch passes. So I just don't know how well he would translate to the NFL, uh, injuries excluded even. But got to move forward here. Uh, uh, well, sorry, I'll also just quickly mention I really like Will Shipley. Um, I think he might actually move into like the RB3 slot for me here just because I, I think he might be my favorite pass catcher out of the bunch. But we can move on because we need to because we're running up on time here. Uh, let's get to the wide receivers, Evan. All right, so wide receiver-wise, the name that everybody knows, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, obviously NFL bloodlines, incredible route runner, outstanding contested catch receiver, uh, great at tracking a football and, and on the deep routes. He uses his frame extremely well to be able to box out defenders on, on the sidelines. He uses his frame extremely well to high point the football. Um, every 50-50 ball becomes a 70-30 ball with him. And he's an extremely savvy football player. He understands the game and he plays it to a tee. 
negatives on him. He kind of lacks a little bit of the top elite explosiveness, um, top end speed. Uh, watching him, he doesn't really sell double moves all that well, uh, in my opinion. And he needs uh, to work on his release package. Uh, when he was getting jammed at the line, he wasn't using his hands completely uh, as effectively as possible. Uh, next would be Emeka Egbuka, um, which once again, I think this could be a Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave situation where you have two Ohio State wide receivers go extremely high in the draft. Uh, I think uh, Emeka is a elite wide receiver 1B on a team. Um, think of how Jalen Waddle is used uh, on that team. I think Chris, uh, Chris Olave being used. Um, I know Michael Thomas has been in and out of the lineup, but yeah, uh, that's the kind of guy that I think he is. Uh, probably still needs an alpha on that team. So uh, true three-level threat, uh, great speed. Um, he's an excellent, excellent route runner as well. Uh, he's pretty nuanced in his routes, a technician. Uh, some might say he's an athlete as well, which is great. He attacks space on defenses, is able to eat it up in a hurry and get on defenders very quickly. Um, one of the negatives that I have is I would love to see him more on the outside for Ohio State this season. Uh, he's played a lot in the slot recently um, in the past seasons. Uh, he had true freshman production as well at Ohio State, which is huge because we've seen the great wide receivers um, in their first couple of years come out of Ohio State. Um, he doesn't break many tackles for his size either, 6'1", 205, 207 uh, range. You would think that he would break more tackles. Um, so he doesn't really utilize the uh, the ability to get those yak yards unless he's just breaking away from a defender. Uh, and he also has some concentration drops. So that's a concern for me. Uh, Malik Neighbors moving on to LSU. Uh, everybody thought that it was going to be Keishon Boutte this season leading LSU. Uh, no, that wide receiver core was 100% led by Malik Neighbors. Uh, he's a little bit undersized from most standpoints, um, but he's thick and he runs through people. He is not scared of contact, uh, which I absolutely love. He has great body control, um, uses his smaller frame to his complete, uh, the complete frame that he can to the fullest. Uh, he runs routes pretty well. Uh, he's a zone killer. He absolutely loves to eat up zone coverage. 50-50 um, balls turn into more 60-40 balls. I'm not going to say it's the same level as Marvin Harrison on those. Um, but he is able to battle defenders, box them out, uses his body really well, uh, and he has good short area quickness. Uh, once again, lacks top end speed uh, to really take the top off of a defense. Uh, used mainly on intermediate routes, which I think is where he really succeeds. Um, he can be that 10 to 15 yard guy uh, downfield, maybe 8 to eight to 12 yard uh, downfield guy. I think he absolutely feasts in those situations, those routes. Uh, he's a very physical runner, which is which is good and bad uh, for a wide receiver. You want to make sure they're healthy. You don't want to have a Debo situation uh, where you're always looking for contact, which neighbors seems to always be looking for contact. Uh, and he's slightly undersized to be used on the outside in the NFL. Um, I'd like to see him bulk up a little bit. Uh, moving on to the last two here, uh, Corey from Washington, your boy, Rome. Um, so I like him from a prototypical size standpoint for the position. Uh, I am a little concerned that he doesn't really throw his size around too much. He's not really super physical. Um, he's more of a speed size athleticism freak. Um, I think teams will covet that size though. They'll covet the downfield ability. They'll covet his ability to use the sideline to his advantage. 
allow quarterbacks to be able to put the ball on the sideline straight um, and be able to go and pluck that ball as he holds holds it down. He has an extra gear, uh, which is also nice to see him running away from defenders. Uh, on him, I have yak concerns. He seems to kind of get touched and just kind of falls down, doesn't really fight, not really a physical runner uh, with the ball in his hand. He's not really physical with coverage off the line either. Um, he seems to kind of get knocked back for his size, which is a little concerning as well. Uh, and doesn't box out super well on those jump balls. And then Xavier Worthy, uh, 100%, the smallest guy on this list. Um, he is speed, 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 downfield, uh, heavy acceleration. He's the kind of guy that you're going to have as a stretch the field type player, uh, which I think kind of limits his ability at the NFL level. Uh, so that's definitely something to be in consideration, which makes for usage uh, and how he's going to be used in that offense. Big play threat, short area screens that he could potentially take to the house. But every time he touches the ball, he has the acceleration to be able to blast past defenders. Okay. All right. So that's the list then, these uh, these five guys. Yep. All right. And Marvin Harrison and Egbuka, you think are the, the clear tier one here, sounds like? I think they're the clear tier ones. I, I think it's Harrison, Gap, Ibuka, Gap. Gotcha. Okay. So Harrison in a tier of his own. That makes sense. That's what I've been sort of uh, gathering as well. Uh, just to double back on on Rome, I, I do really like him, but he sort of feels like if you took some of the dog out of George Pickens, and that's kind of what player he is. Uh, he doesn't have as much of the aggressiveness uh, that I would like to see personally, but uh, I... He, he's made some really special, like, George Pickens, Odo Beckham-esque catches that are pretty exciting to see. Very, very athletic. Anyone else have anyone to shout out here? Anyone that didn't make the cut? Eric, you got someone? Yes, I do. Um, th- this guy isn't nearly in the tier of these five that Evan just mentioned, but someone who I'm going to be thinking about taking a later round flyer on in my rookie draft is going to be Roman Wilson. From Michigan, I in games that I watched him play last year, I really liked his compete. I thought he was good. Um, I'm really excited to see how he grows this year, and if Michigan can figure out how to get a sustainable pass offense, I feel like he could actually really do well. He'll never be up with these five guys, but as a late round guy who could maybe make some noise in the NFL, I kind of like him as a sleeper. Okay, something to keep your eyes on. Uh, I think Mike had someone as well. So I didn't have anyone to shout out, but I did have a couple of thoughts on this list. Go for if, it. If you'd like that. Um, I think, and Bo came over to tell me how excited he is too. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is closer to Justin Jefferson in his play style than to like A.J. Brown in his play style. I also think he's closer to Justin Jefferson's price in Dynasty already. Like I think that there's a very real case that he is the wide receiver three this time next year without ever stepping on a field. Like, he is that level of prospect. He is that level of talent. He is that level of exciting. Like, he, he's the truth. And it's not just the name. Um, next, Xavier Worthy. I think that he is a speed threat, but he also has, like, this, like, mean streak with Yak after the ball. Like, he doesn't have the size to back it up, but he is just absolutely bowling over Big 12 defenders, which doesn't make any sense because, I mean, they're Big 12 defenders, so everybody can bowl over them, but... Uh, he'll, he'll catch a corner, you know, flat footed and he'll stiff arm him. Like he's on mean football runs in the morning. Like he is nasty after the catch. And he also has plus ball tracking. So when you see a player that it combines his strength of speed with a strength of ball tracking with the strength of run after the catch, like he has the, the whole bingo card in order to be a big play threat. So I'm really excited about him and 
I think that if Rome played in the SEC, he would get more hype, but he plays in the pack four, so no one cares. Since we're like comparing him to a lot of people, I, I do agree with Mike. Like this guy, he might be Marvin Harrison Jr. He might be the best prospect coming out next year, regardless of position, possibly. I haven't like dug into offensive tackles and things like that yet, but he's certainly way, way up there. And in like in comparisons, I really, whenever I watch Marvin Harrison Jr., it really, really, really reminds me of, for, of former Hall of Famer Marvin Harrison Sr. And I think <laughs> that's just a really good comp to the two players. So. You yes. are the dumbest. What a stretch there. Just <laughs> You're the dumbest person. Imagine Marvin Harrison Sr. had a kid. He's like that. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that uh, you you decided to uh, speak up on that, Eric. It's very poignant. Okay. A- a- anyone else have uh, anyone they want to shout out? I- I'll say quickly that, and I don't know if you guys will agree with this or like it, uh, from my sort of limited research and viewing here, uh, Egbuka kind of reminded me of DJ Moore in the play style in the yak. Uh, so that kind of got me a little bit excited. Uh, where's the same number? I think I think he wears 12. So maybe that was painting a picture, but uh, kind of like what I saw with the, uh, the yards after the catch there from him. And don't know if I had anyone else really to shout out here, but uh, that's okay because we're running up on time and we have, we have one more guy that I think made the cut on this top 12 list. Evan, if you'd like to get into the tight end one. Well, just real quick, Tracy, did you have anything that, that you wanted to add to this wide receiver conversation here? Uh, no. <laughs> you pretty okay. much summed it all up. I mean, I, I agree with, uh, with the top guys when I was going through. It was kind of the same names kept popping up over and over again. So, And I do think that it's the, uh, the best position that we're hoping for coming out of uh, – you know, the next draft, but, but everybody loves good wide receiver. So, you know, <laughs> everybody does these days. Okay. So uh, tight end, really the only one that I have on this top, top of the list. Um, and these are the guys that when I was thinking about them, I was trying to think who I might be potentially taking in the first round of a rookie draft next year. Um, so just framing it that way um, is Brock Bowers. Everybody knows Brock. I mean, he's, the UGA, you know, good old Georgia boy, you know, good. What else do you, do you have to say? He's a yak monster. Uh, he has speed to be able to accelerate past linebackers. He has the size to be able to be a mismatch against safeties. He absolutely just bowls over safeties. He out catches out, out does the catch point for safeties. Uh, he is utilized or was utilized in the Georgia offense in space as an offensive weapon, not as a tight end. Uh, so that is one concern that I have for him from a NFL standpoint, not from a fantasy standpoint, um, is how much is he going to be used in line? And if he is, uh, cause he did struggle whenever he was getting some press off the line or, uh, chips. So before he was getting off of into his routes, uh, getting chipped by a D end or something of that nature. Uh, so that was definitely something that was a little concerning um, and obviously consistent separation against safeties. Uh, they're much faster. Well, maybe not much faster, but they are faster typically uh, in the F- SEC uh, than Brock is, but he handles linebackers with ease. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I was watching him, obviously the, uh, the yards after the catch, his, his catch radius is insane. Uh, the way he just trucks people is awesome. Uh, but yeah, his blocking. 
I think, you know, doesn't get you fantasy points necessarily, but does mean that he's going to be on the field a lot and utilized a lot and drafted pretty highly. Uh, do you like, I mean, first round seems chalk. You think seems pretty chalk for him for, uh, he, uh, like an NFL draft. Yeah. I, from everything there has been out there right now, I mean, there isn't a tight end that teams love more than Brock. Um, there's conversations about JT Sanders, um, out of Texas, uh, being that he was a defensive end and now plays yes. tight end. Uh, and there is, or was talk about John Bell, um, who now transferred to Florida State, uh, was at South Carolina and was an athleticism freak that was used very similar to how Debo was used at South Carolina. Yeah, I like Jatavion Sanders too. I've been I've been looking at him a little bit there. He he seems like a guy, uh, certainly a guy to keep your eye on. But yeah, it's Brock Bowers, baby. I mean, <laughs> that's the that's the king uh, that we're all looking to uh, draft. If you you know if you are doing a rookie draft and you need a tight end, you need only wait one more NFL season before you can get your hands on some Brock Bowers and seems like a, a solid move. So I, I would say right now in assuming 1.5, because most of the leagues are 1.5 or two tight end premium that we're in. Uh, if I had to draft these guys right now, I would be taking Brock Bowers after only three players, which would be Caleb, Drake, and Marvin. Put the wrong finger down last time. I, I, I was about to say, did I make you mad? Is do we have a problem, Evan? Do you want? Do you need to talk after the class? It's been a long day, Corey. Like I'm trying here. <laughs> All right. No, I mean, I I like it, man. I I do think that you're sort of happy uh, with this class that we just had, with the amount of like talented tight ends that you could accumulate, knowing that next year, pretty much Bowers or bust. Like there might be some guys. Uh, but no one in that in that sort of range of talent. Uh, Mike, you got something to add? I think there is one guy to keep an eye on for fantasy, and he's currently listed as a wide receiver, but we've seen some like Darren Waller types and like other types that transition from wide receiver to tight end. He has the frame for it. He's six foot seven, two forty. His entire strength is that he can make contested catches and that he is just bigger than everyone else on the field. And NFL teams are looking for a move tight end that they can slide all over the place. I'm talking about Johnny Wilson from Florida State. There's a very real chance that a GM looks at him, goes, this is a mismatch nightmare. Let's get him on the field with a creative head coach. And I don't care about blocking for fantasy. I care about touchdowns. I care about catches. I think there's a very real chance that Johnny Wilson gets moved and he's not going to be a first round pick in the real draft. He's probably not a first round pick in your rookie drafts, but if he does make the swap and he is tight end eligible for fantasy, I, I'm going to be getting all the Johnny Wilson I can get my hands on. Holy cow, you weren't kidding. He is a 6'7", 240-pound wide receiver. And it shows on tape, too. Like, he'll line up across from corners, and these corners look like your little brother trying to guard you in the backyard. Like, it is not fair. He's a beast, and uh, there, there's a very real chance that he gets asked to move. So 
if he gets asked to move, keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm really excited for this 2024 class, and I really appreciate all the work you put in this, Evan. Like, this is a really great list and pretty close to consensus for what I've seen out there. So, nice work. Hell yeah, Evan. Hell yeah. Nice going, man. Appreciate it, everybody. Love to see it. Love to see it. Thank you for guiding us through that, man. I, I, I for one, really appreciate it. Uh, makes my research and my hunt into uh, this 2024 class a lot easier. So, and, I'm sure everyone listening also appreciates it. Yeah. yeah, that's why we're here is to be able to help everybody out with the 24 class, know who they need to be watching in this coming up, upcoming season. Uh, and I will be bringing back uh, our helmet stickers segment, uh, recapping the week and tracking these guys as we go through the season, uh, updating it with anybody that I think may be potentially getting added to it. Uh, so everybody look forward to the helmet stickers uh, coming up here with the college season starting to kick off in a couple weeks. Evan, I'm not sure if you have this off the top of your head, and if you don't, maybe it can be a helmet stickers question. But is there a guy out there who's getting a ton of hype right now in fantasy circles that you're like stay away from that you just don't believe in? From a college standpoint? Mm-hmm. Uh, top of my head, JJ McCarthy. Okay. Yeah. I, I want nothing to do with JJ McCarthy. I think he is somebody that is completely overhyped because of Michigan. I think he plays in an offense that is one of the best offensive lines in college football, one of the best running back rooms, and it makes his life significantly easier. And I don't think he has the downfield prowess that the other quarterbacks do. That is good input. I will now remove the knife from my heart, and I will move on. You'll, you'll be okay, Eric. You'll have uh, you'll have Donovan Edwards to look forward to, right? RB1 off the board. So, yeah, thank you so much, Tracy, for for uh, joining us here. Do you want to do one last shout-out? Just uh, where are you going to be writing articles again? Did you say it was for Player Profiler? For League Riders. League Riders, okay. Sweet, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll have stuff up on Twitter. I'll, 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 you know, post about it. You can catch it on there. It's easiest to, to catch. And then I'll transition out everywhere else eventually, but. I'm really glad you keep calling it Twitter because I keep calling it Twitter and it is X now, uh, but I don't, I don't believe in X. No, so. no, no. It'll always I, be I that mean, little blue I think we're all going to call it that until it inevitably goes away anyway in a few months. Cause he's just keep going to keep running it into the ground. But you know, it just, it stinks, man. Like what do we, it's literally just called like posting now. It's not even called Xing. He couldn't even do that for us. Like, Tweeting was such a colloquial term, and now it's just gone. You guys still twit things? No, Eric, you, you X things now. Or you, you just repost. You don't even retweet, you just repost. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. It's terrible. It's terrible. As we uh, mentioned a couple weeks ago, we are officially sponsored, and Mike, you actually got your hands on some of this Dubby? Yeah, man. Gave it a go. Uh, so I've tried so far Dragonade. It tastes like blue Kool-Aid, which is pretty sweet. I've done the Beach something, Peach something. It's just basically a big, it tastes like a peach sweet tea, which is delightful. And then they do, uh, it's, the name of the flavor is Sludge, but I like wouldn't knock it till you try it. It tastes kind of like Skittles and Mountain Dew had a baby. It's, it tastes the funkiest, but I actually really liked it. 
if you use code FFRPG at checkout, you can get 10% off and then that money will go towards buying Eric a microphone. So hopefully if you think you want Eric to sound better, go ahead and make a little dubby purchase. Corey, you've tried it too, haven't you? Or is it on the way? It is on the way. Yeah, I, I ordered it after I got back from vacation because I didn't want it showing up when I wasn't here and I couldn't collect it uh, mm -hmm. from my doorstep because we have a notorious thieving problem. My neighbor's car got stolen last week out of his driveway because he had it warming up for some reason in summer with the key Weird. in the ignition and somebody took it out of his driveway. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to not order things to my house while I am not here as much as possible. But I do well, have it coming on its way and I'm really excited to try the Dragonade because, I mean, blue? anything yes just tastes like blue what would be worse if someone stole your car or stole your dubby shipment dubby maybe they dubby. no look maybe they would really enjoy it and get some of their own and they listen to this podcast wait so evan what you're suggesting is some sort of like guerrilla marketing where <laughs> we order dubby to notoriously crime-ridden neighborhoods and once it's stolen we're we're populating the customer base that way we are we're pollinating dubby out there for the universe you just you just got to put a little ffrpg sticker on every single one of them <laughs> so this actually takes a lot more sleuthing than i was imagining because that means you have to wait for the package to arrive on someone's doorstep run up there tag it with an ffrpg sticker run away and then wait for someone to steal it let's go get those dubbies boys well, I like the weird drum roll that happened on your end somehow. I don't know what that was from. Are we, but are we eating dubbies? It created a really cool sound effect that I'm definitely going to use in the...